Welcome back to the Scarcity Podcast. This is your host, Mike. This is my co-host, Scott Noyce. How are you doing, buddy? Hello. I'm good. You know, I'm pretty happy. Watch a good movie today. You know? Yeah. One we both know is good, too. Yeah. Not a surprise. I'm a big fan of this one, though. Like, I'm a huge, huge uh, five-handed fan right over here. <laughs> like, This is the last uh, Universal Monster movie I watched. Yeah. Ironically, it's the first one I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I watched this. I think I watched this the first time last year. Yeah, so you know, enough fucking kicking around the stone. We're talking about Creature from the Black Lagoon. So this is the film <laughs> we're talking about today. It's gonna be the final entry as our like standalone horror monster until we do our big finale film, which we'll talk about at the end of the episode. But this is a film that's very dear to me. It's my first one I saw. I think. It's got to be like seven, eight years ago, because Netflix had it on a long time ago. God knows they won't have it anymore. But I said, oh, fuck it. I've wanted to watch this horror film for a long time. It's been talked about. I've wanted to watch all the Universal Horror Monster movies, but I never got the chance to. Now I had the chance. I have no reason not to. So I checked it out. I really loved it. I thought, this is cool. I can say people like these movies. This movie came out in 1955 very different than the other ones so even at that point where i'm like oh i can say people like this movie so not really that similar to the other movies even though people tend to think it is i saw it then i loved it it was my gateway into the other monsters but at the same time i love the design of this one more than any of the other monsters it's so unique it's so cool it's so vibrant on screen even though it's in black and white i loved it it's so uh, passionate to me when me and my girlfriend went to have our one year anniversary we went to Salem when they did a special screening of the Creature from the Black Lagoon and I thought oh I'm the big screen for a creature I have to go see it that's so awesome and I went and I didn't do enough research into the screening because it wasn't just a screening it was a Q&A with the actor who played the creature Rico Browning but he's also the underwater actor just to give information on that because there's two actors that played the creature. Rico Browning was the underwater and there's one person who did it obviously in front of the other actors because the underwater scenes aren't filmed in the same locations as everything else. It's done in an entirely different area across the United States, completely different. So that's why those characters don't interact much when they're underwater. So I met him there. I got his autograph. It was really cool. I got a big signed poster that has a great it, looking poster. Color. Yeah, it's a beautiful poster. Yeah. And so this film's really special to me, and I'm just really happy to talk about this film. Yeah, I I was interested introduced to this movie through you. I mean, obviously I knew who Creature of the Black Lagoon is. Like that's it's a pop culture icon. Yeah, so you introduced me to this and I bought the steelbook set. So they had a couple years back a, a, a set of steelbooks for the Universal Monster movies. All the art for the steelbooks was done by the great Alex Ross. And I was on a mission to get all of these. First one I got was Wolfman at a con. I got absolutely bent over price-wise for that. But I, I started with that and I got addicted and I had to get all of them. And Creature was the last one I watched out of all of them. I, I started with Wolfman and I, I, I continued... And what a good one to to leave for last because this this is just such a, a really entertaining and well made movie. 
Absolutely. In a way that, they, like, the other, all of them, like, uh, they're pretty much all well-made, but there's a difference, there's a little bit more of a sophistication in technique in this than there are in some of the other ones. So, it's very impressive, you know, the other water photography and uh, the, all, all the, like, the, the big, uh, the boat and just a lot of the techniques that they used to, to make this movie were above a lot of the stuff that was in the other Universal Monster movies. So we only watched The Mummy and Creature from the Black Lagoon for our films we've picked here, obviously, to do our big Universal Monsters. Besides them, we picked different interpretations of these characters. But that being said, you and I have both watched all the original Universal Monsters that are the big go-tos. So you mentioned this is the last one you saw. I would argue to say it's the best one to watch last because it's so set apart differently than the other films that comparing it to them is pretty unfair to those films. If you had to pick an order, honestly, what films would you watch? Like, from start to, to end. Let's list some ground rules, too. Let's, lay, let's list the movies. We'll say, just from when they came out, it'll be Dracula, Frankenstein, uh, the, the Mummy, Invisible Man, Bride of Frankenstein, Wolfman, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Bride has to be in there. It's considered a classic in its own right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the origin story of a of a completely completely separate monster that you know sadly doesn't get a lot of time. But yeah, you know, it's, it, it is a separate origin technically. Um, I'd probably start with the Frankenstein's. Okay. Back to back, because uh, that's how I did it, and for great great effect. Uh, so I'd probably start with those two, then go to Dracula, then then go to Mummy, then Wolfman, then this. Because Wolfman and this are like they're not exactly honest because they're they're a decade apart. But Wolfman, not that it's necessarily better than the rest of them, but as far as um, technology had advanced to a certain point when when they yeah. made that movie, so the techniques were a little bit more refined and less. Um, some of the some of the earlier effects are are, are kind of. They're not antiquated so much, but they're they're definitely quaint in, yeah. in comparison to some of the stuff later on. I mean, Frankenstein, the stuff that uh, that uh, Whale accomplished with Frankenstein and and Bride is pretty impressive, though, for the time. I'd say James Whale films are on a different breed than the other films. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot more detail put into thought when it comes to what is coming behind the camera. Yes, I agree. I would understand that order. If I had to pick, I would still pick Dracula first because I think it's jarring to go to Dracula from something else, especially if you're going to watch Frankenstein, or especially Bride of Frankenstein, and then go back to Dracula. I would, sure. But at the same time, that's why I'd pick Dracula first, but I wouldn't go to the mummy next. Like, I would definitely go Dracula, I think, maybe Frankenstein. Then I might watch the mummy. Then I might watch Invisible Man, Bride of Frankenstein, Wolfman, and then... I totally left out Invisible Man. <laughs> I totally left out Invisible Man. Uh, I'd probably slot Invisible Man in between um, before uh, Wolfman. Yeah. I think the way that they play out nearly based on when they came out is it's pretty much the way to go except for the mummy because you really shouldn't... I would put the mummy closer in the middle or if not on the later end. Maybe even the mummy after Invisible Man because... I think you want to get used to how much these films can evolve but invest you in. Because if you watch The Mummy too soon, it might even take you out of it and say, well, 
Yeah. This came on That's... 32, and can Invisible Man be that much better? And it is, but yes. it's, it's just... Yes, it can. It's tough to think. You know, I, I was thinking to myself here um, that, like, if someone started with Mummy, I'd be afraid that they wouldn't continue. Yeah, I, I don't feel that way with Dracula, though. There's things like not having sound in Dracula, but yeah. there's enough f- filmmaking and, like, actual, like, heart put into certain areas that I think people could say it's flawed, but I can get into this. Yeah, but there's, like, there's still really good characters. Like, you know, like... Like Van Renf- Like Van Helsing, watching Renfield is great, and... yeah. All that stuff, whereas, like, again, we've talked about Mummy. Mummy has, like, almost nothing as far as yeah. characters are concerned. Yeah, has so, one or I, two. I definitely would not start with Mummy. That would no. be, I think that would be a great way to not continue. I, w- I would, I would, even to revise it, I would even say Dracula, Frankenstein, Invisible Man, Bride of Frankenstein, then do the Mummy, then Wolfman, then Creature. Really get it at the end. <laughs> Yeah, get it, get it closer to the end, and then have two things to pick you up afterwards. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That makes sense. I understand going from Frankenstein to Bride, though. I mean, it seems logical. It's just there's such a big eight, like a, a big gap of time where I feel like, oh well, what about these other films that came out during that? Wouldn't you want to see those two? See how they can evolve, and yeah, especially with it being James Whale. So yeah, but I think Creature has to come last because. It is over 30 years after even Bride of Frankenstein. Like, there's so much that they develop in this film that comes out so much farther out. So, if you watch it first, you know, by the time, even though I watched it first, I still hadn't seen the other films until a good portion after I'd seen this movie. So, it wasn't like it was back to back. Like, I watched Creature first, and then next week was Dracula. I didn't have the films on me. I couldn't do that. I still had to wait like six months or so. Yeah. But if it was like right away and you had the options, I think it'd be like, oh, they did a lot there. This bitch doesn't have sound. <laughs> like, you know, it, it might take some viewers out of it. Maybe not most people, but I, I wouldn't risk it if I was trying to get someone interested in a franchise that I vastly loved. Yeah, I think that was the most jarring aspect of, uh, of Dracula for me because I started with Wolfman, and then I think I immediately watched Dracula after that. Yeah, and the disparagement as far as um, a techniques and b the the lack of score really threw me off. I'm not gonna lie, but there, there's there's plenty of stuff to love about Dracula. So I would say it's even tougher because the Wolfman has the score being such a big implementation of like yeah of the story. Like the score matters a whole lot. So when you compare that film to a movie that doesn't even have one, it's like oh wow, this is night and day. It's also really noticeable because uh, not too long after I watched Mummy, I, uh, not too long after I watched Dracula, I believe I watched The Mummy, and they have they both have the same exact opening, like the the at the title card, their opening music is the exact same. Yeah, so it's a little it's a little it feels really weird, but one's much better than the other. Yeah, so that's uh, enough to talk about that part. But <laughs> creature is fantastic. I love it, but. I think it does have to come with like some hyphens or some quotations about, yeah, it's a universal monster, but you have to think about it being so much further along in time where these things changed. And Creature is a different type of monster. Creature yeah. could only have come out during the Atomic Age, where most of these monsters were what's underwater or what's above ground, what's what's in the air, what's in the space systems. Like, So yeah. he's very much a product of its times where they would never have done something like that during the 30s, really. 
Yeah, and I also really appreciate because I talked to you about this today about how this is a universal monster movie. It is a horror film, but it's really uh, it's got a lot of the same textures as an adventure film, and yeah. it makes it a very uh, compulsively watchable film. It, it's just it, it's well paced. It's it's full of wonder. Uh, it's it's just a really fun, entertaining film. Whereas like some of the stuff like uh, like Wolfman's like a tragedy. Oh yeah. And same thing with like Frankenstein, whereas this is like it's it's not like this is like a happy movie all the time. You know, people die and all that shit. But it's it's definitely like a more uh, as far as pacing is concerned, it's definitely like action first, action first. Like let's go, let's go, let's go. So the the pace is a lot seems a lot feels a lot faster at least. It feels faster. I would agree. I think one thing that could be easy for this film is to fall into the trope where you don't care about the lead actor because if you really look at a lot of these characters and even the invisible man the mummy most of the sequels not the the like the standalone entries but the lead actor really becomes so forgettable or just unimportant if you have characters like victor frankenstein you know it's easy you're taking source material that this this book is written about this character yeah so and when you have dracula you have a character like van helsing but when you don't and you have to insert a lead and how to make this lead feel natural it's tough but i can honestly say i like the lead a lot in creature from the black lagoon yeah he's great the guy is really great he's sensible he's smart and he's you know he's charming yeah he's an all he's he's that um that classic kind of leading man you know strong jaw you know i'm a you know a man's man but i'm also smart yeah. So it, it's really, it, he's, and the actor himself uh, is very, very good, and he delivers his lines very well. He has chemistry, great chemistry with everybody. He's he's really good. I think also one of the best aspects about Creature is that you have an antagonist in the film that isn't just the creature, which is the strongest suit I feel about this film compared to the others. Is yeah, that Mark. you have minor subplots that really amount to stuff. So. Yeah, because you, you have uh, the the money-hungry guy who's running the expedition for them, who's supposed to be a scientist, but it's, it, they make it clear as the film goes on how he's very much more interested in, in the financial aspect than the actual discovery aspect. As he's trying to big game hunt the uh, the creature, and it's like ridiculous. I he's think he's such an that, asshole. I think also that character, like the end that is met for him in the film is justifiable but I like the way that in certain ways when things happen in this film characters die or certain instances uh, get further along when it's like oh we're in a, a bit of a pickle what are we gonna do things happen that make it feel like you know maybe this character acted on his ambition but in a way that ambition saved another character Mark may be an asshole but because of an asshole, our lead character does survive. Yeah. Because if he didn't he, go guns blazing at the creature... Then the, the creature would have got him. The creature yeah. snuck up on him and he would have got him and killed him. Also, I like the way that you know you can assume he's going after to kill the creature. Just like, oh yeah, I, I want to get him. You could also assume that maybe he's trying to say, oh, I'm trying to rescue Mark. So, even I mean, not Mark. I want to rescue the leading character. Dave. And it's David, right? I think it's Dave. Yeah. So you want to go rescue him, and it costs him his life, but it's a great finalization to that character. 
It's not like it's a redemption arc, but in a way you can read it like that, which is cool. Yeah. It it, it comes down to he uh, his ambition to continue to hunt the creature winds up getting them stuck in this lagoon. And in the end, at the end of the day, he has to do what needs to be done in order to get everybody else out of the pickle that he created. So, I mean, it it technically is kind of a redemption arc, but it is, but not like a usual perceived like, oh, I've realized the error of my ways. Like, yeah, for all we know, he just says, you can see him saying, just want to kill the fucking guy. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. Or you could think maybe he's like, you know, I've been a real asshole. Oh, Mark's in danger. Fuck. It's my oh. fault. I get him. Yeah. I, I go now. Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, he's in danger. I, I gotta fucking go help him. So, a lot of that stuff really comes down to not feeding you answers, but you coming up with your own, which is a thing that I think they did great during this film. Yeah, I agree. I mean, all the, I think all the cast is really good. Yeah, uh, all the random Hispanic body count. <laughs> They don't yeah. give them names for the most part, except when they shot them during their deaths. And they just keep yep. getting picked off. I can't remember the name of the captain. Lucas. Lucas. Yeah, yeah I, I know. Like, I, It's funny, because I really like the captain. Yeah. Especially the, especially with the with how when Mark's being a dick. He pulls the fucking knife. He pulls the knife out on him, and he's just smiling. Yeah. He's got a shit-eating grin on his face. He feels like he's so satisfied. It's like, yes, dumb white man. Get fucked. (laughs) I I like a lot of the characters, even even the ones that that don't really get much to do. Like, uh, the... Again, I I honestly couldn't tell you the the name of the person, but there's another another white guy on the boat. Lewis. Lewis, yes. even, Even he does a good job with the limited things he's given to do. Yeah, he has like three lines. Yeah. But his one speech with, um... And then he gets fucking murked. Yeah, the, the one speech with the Dave's uh, girlfriend, which is great. Yeah, like before he gets before he gets his ass whooped. Yeah, he survives. Yeah, but... Looks like <laughs> fucking mummy, but he survives. That's what you get for focusing on the pretty lady. Pay attention so. to your six, bro. Yeah, no. Uh, speaking of the lady, uh, she's really good too. Julia Adams. Yeah, she's she's really good. She's yeah. really a likable character. Uh, she she gets a, she gives a lot of energy to the film that she's I very much appreciated. Too. Yeah, she's not just. I mean, she does kind of fall into into some damselly shit. Oh yeah, all the time, especially with the screaming. Yeah, fr- frequently. Uh, but she does kind of go like she's she's kind of partially why why they why they like they do this to begin with because she's she's like yeah we should do that and then they get mark involved so she's pretty cool i like well, her she she wants to do it but at the same time uh the lead actor also says he would love to do it as well so. yeah he does but she, she was just like yeah we should we should get your your boss involved or the boss involved the original kind of like scientist uh guy i don't fucking remember his name it's like marcus or something like that i had it I had it. A lot of fucking characters. <laughs> like, for, yeah. you say, you name like six people. It's like, yeah, well, there's like three in most Universal Monsters. That's Muslims. plenty. It's what? That's plenty yeah. of characters. The only downside to the, the main, like, uh, old teacher in Doctor that's in charge is he does Carl. Is it Carl? Carl. Carl. The same thing as Marcus. Carl Maya. 
Maya. Carl Maya, that's his name. Man, you were talking about like we were talking about how how um were the other names right? Julie Adams plays Kay Lawrence. Okay, yeah. Richard Denning is Mark Williams. Yeah. Richard Carlson is David Reed. Talk yeah. about an American David, ass name. I, okay, so I know. Talk, know. talk about a fucking American name. But yeah, uh, it's Antonio Moreno plays Carl Maya. He's really right. good too. I'd say the only downside to his character is that after the introduction and the exposition in the beginning, he becomes way less important. Oh yeah, of course. He 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 falls to the background for the uh, the white men to come in and yeah lead the movie. Uh, so, the captain gets a lot of screen time, at least a lot of screen yeah, time. He's comedic, he's comedic relief, but yeah, yeah. That's that's what, basically what he does. It's better than the, like, the fucking captain's assistants that just get murdered and he doesn't really care at all. Yeah, there's the scientist guy. There's just, just sitting there in the in the. That's my. <laughs> they get murdered and the workmates or whatever his underlings fucking get absolutely massacred and they're like, yeah, we're just gonna have vacation time in a black gloom, my guys. Yeah, they don't even fucking think twice about it. And, they're, and it's not like two people. It's like all of them are dead. This yeah. this film easily has the highest body count. Yeah, and it shows. I'm not gonna say like the violence is graphic or anything, but. It shows the most blood that I can remember. Yeah, I can't name many scenes that show a lot of blood, but I can remember the scene where the guy's talking to the girl and he gets his face clawed by the creature and it's just like covered in blood. Yeah, like, and I didn't know those claws were so fucking vicious. After uh, the the creature gets shot and he comes up on the deck and he like bleeds all over the deck. It's like I was like, wow, that's crazy that they actually they actually showed that shit. Whereas like. A lot, a lot of them, they they have to shy away from all that stuff because the the haze code and all that stuff. That fucker comes back all the time. They they always try to get him away. I know where I'm fucking back, bitches. You can't get they, rid of me. They shot him with the harpoon gun like three times. So that's one thing that pissed me off. Actually, the first time they shoot him, you can clearly see that he gets shot in like the stomach, and they use that exact same shot at the end of the film when they shoot him again. And mm-hmm. it didn't bug me that much. I'm like, oh, whatever. He just got shot. But the next scene, in the, the original shooting, the harpoon's in his back. And it's like, I saw him get shot in the fucking stomach. Why is it in his back? All right, also... whatever. It's it's from the 50s. Maybe it's just to fuck up. But then they reuse the shot. And then when they reuse it, that harpoon's in the stomach. So it's like, oh, you guys just... Re- okay, you're just being fucking lazy. They, um... They also reuse the shot of Mark shooting into the camera. Yeah, more like multiple times. Every time that they shoot the harpoon gun, it's it's mostly the same shot. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it was look cool, eh. I guess. Yeah, it is what it is. I mean, that's kind of the time that happens sometimes. Yeah, I just thought that one was super noticeable because it's like, well, it's yeah, it's, it's a continuity bad, error. Man. Yeah, it's a continuity error. Shot him in the spine, and now now the harpoon is magically around the other side of his body. Yeah. That must be another one of the creature superpowers. It just transmorphs the spear through him. Maybe a superpower should just be missing the spears. <laughs> yeah. Also, they they uh, reuse the shot of the creature reaching up out of the water a lot. Like not not the actual shot. I just mean that actual that that um, idea. Idea. They do it repeatedly, yeah. and I get it, but. <sighs> 
it's just it's one of those things where it's like it's creepy the first time or it's suspenseful the first time and I'm, I, they use it like, three times in the first 45 minutes yeah it's like we're doing it again we're I'll say it. after those three times they don't use it again though yeah and, and it's, it's like mostly it that it, it's all done where it's like he puts his hand out of the water on surface every single time so it's not a different way of doing it yeah and then they did the they also they do like a variation on it where he reaches through the porthole yeah, and then when he puts uh, his hand on the deck and stuff, but and then what's his fuck? Uh, David like fucking chops him with a machete. He's like, fuck you, fucking hand, bitch, or yeah. whatever weapon it was. I thought it was a machete. But it was like a fucking God. like, it was like a wrench. Like, yeah, I don't know. He's just like, wow, he's absolutely wailing on his ass. Yeah, it's one of those films that like I knew I was gonna be worried about talking about it because like it's just fucking it's good. good. It's just it's good. good. Like, what There's else am I going to say? Like, about. Oh, the underwater is so fucking awesome. The characters well, it, are great. It is cool to talk about that because that wasn't something that was very... Um, it wasn't something you used wise, widely. No. Like, I, I can't remember a lot of the, movie, like, the movies I've seen from the 50s that have underwater, like a lot of like extensive underwater photography. Like, this is a lot of underwater photography. And it's good underwater photography. So, it, that's pretty cool. I gotta give them, like that's that's one of the things that really sets this apart from the other ones is that they have a completely different style of filmmaking, and they have to have a completely different person in the in the in the suit to to do those sequences. Yeah, it's very. It's very I, I think cool. it's super interesting. I mean, I even like the location of the lagoon. Oh yeah, it's it a small great. area. Like we talk about every time with horror films, like when it's one small location, as long as you utilize that location, it's, it just feels great. Yeah, because you get intimately, um, you intimately understand that that um, the geography, like the, the geography of that environment. So it feels like you know where things can go or where where the creature can be hiding and how deep the fucking lagoon is. Super fucking deep. Yeah, it's called a black lagoon for a reason. They get in the lagoon. They go around some fucking rocks. They end up in a cave, and it's like, oh, that's a huge fucking cave, man. Where the fuck is this cave? And then yeah. they can walk out of the cave onto the surface. It's like, oh, why did where you even that? do where that? Where was that hidden? Yeah. <laughs> like what the what the fuck? It's, it's pretty cool though. It cool is. Set. I love the location in the film. Like, yeah. It's a really it's a really good looking film. Great. It's a really good looking movie. I, I really like the way that it's, it's shot and. You know, I I dunk on the, uh, the 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 reaching shots, but you know it's still pretty cool, and it's it's kind of amazing. Like you see how like detailed the suit was for the time too, the scales and all that shit. It looks really good. I mean, like, yeah. I I still to this to this day I still don't know where the zippers everyone talks about are. Maybe I'm just not looking in the right places, but everyone says like you can see the zippers on the suit, and I just don't know where they are. Yeah, people so. just try to be dicks and ruin things for other people. Yeah, I, I have no idea where they are. So, it, yeah. so at least the illusion has not been broken for me. So that's all that matters to me. Even if it is, like, who fucking cares? Like, it's like it's it's really cool too because like in the suit, he's breathing and the like you see like the gills are are moving. Flexing, yeah, it's it's really cool how in that era they actually put that much work into the suit because a lot of a lot of in the fifties there's a lot of B movies and they have really shitty suits. And they knew they were shitty when they made them too. That they would they wouldn't even dream of putting that much detail into. And this one, I mean, hey, it's that universal money, but 
they really they really put some some effort into that suit and I'm, it's it's still impressive and you're talking about this like we talked about like uh we we didn't really want like know how to talk about this one because it's just so good it's like unlike some of these other ones there's really not any, not any other version of this character to do so yeah we don't I have mean, a choice that's kind of the thing that makes it so special though is that it is an original idea and the idea of it coming out in the 50s is the only way the idea would have been picked up you know yeah. it the, totally fits the, the era the the idea of the film is just trying to find and explore areas that are untouched by man. They go to the Amazon because it's like, oh, there are things that have stayed the way they were thousands of years ago and haven't changed and haven't shrunk, and that there's so many undiscovered mysteries. The whole era of the 50s is trying to discover the the undiscoverable, and that's why Creature comes out. And that's kind of why it really doesn't get a revitalization because horror reflects the era that it's in. And nowadays, nobody cares about what the fuck is in the Amazon River. They're trying to no. get rid of it. Thanks a lot, Brazil. But you know, no one, no one gives a shit. It's like it came out in the era like like we were most of the stuff in the fifties were either atomic related things, things like Godzilla, or you get stuff like you know it came from outer space, where it's it's about space. But this is like looking at an alien creature that lives within our own world that we just haven't we just at the time haven't seen so it's like it, it's kind of crazy that back then because we didn't have that much knowledge of the ocean who fucking knows maybe maybe a creature from the black lagoon could exist you never fucking know dude like, yeah we, that's we the just didn't know thing about the premise is that yeah a lot of films try to say hey is this really impossible and yeah. you know maybe a fucking six foot tall man covered in scales breathing air and water <laughs> well I don't think it's possible but I don't got a fucking textbook to say it isn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the the closest we've gotten to a quote unquote new version of creature is shape of water. Shape of water, but it's not really. It, yeah. I mean, it's not at all. I mean, they, they have another inner incarnation of the creature from the Black Lagoon, but yeah, it's not his film. Mm-hmm. And you know, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yep, we'll get to it. But, but that- yeah. That's kind of crazy because it's like we got so many Dracula movies, we got so many fucking werewolf movies after Wolfman came out. We got plenty of of mummy related films. You know, we got we got a whole series of Invisible Man movies, uh, you know, Frankenstein's and all that stuff. But still, as far as like public consciousness, especially, just one creature from the Black Lagoon. Do you know why I think that is though? I don't know if you can make this kind of movie now. Um, I think that's an aspect of it, but the biggest thing is that. A lot of those characters reflect on the duality of man. The werewolf mm-hmm. attacks the instincts of a man. Mm-hmm. You know, the invisible man attacks the underlying thoughts of a man. As we talked about in Hollow Man, the real underlying yep. thoughts of some men. Uh, Dracula attacks on the sexual desire and the lust for the unobtainable in a lot of ways. Even in most films. Even in Bram Stoker's Dracula from with Keanu Reeves and shit, like... It's all about lust and getting what you can't get back. Frankenstein deals with story. And Frankenstein deals with the mind of man and um, our, our pursuit of knowledge to a fault. Yeah. So and how man could put himself above God. Yeah. And that's the thing about the creature is that the creature, the closest thing you consider is that this is an evolutionary difference from man. It is the thing that man can't explain, but 
that doesn't have to do with you as a human or as a person. It has to deal with the unknown. And yeah. if you want to deal with the unknown, a lot of people want to say, I want to create their own unknown. I want to make my own monster. I want to make my own different image. So that's, that's why they why, don't do that. That's why the closest we've gotten is Shape of Water, because it is basically Guillermo del Toro taking the creature from the Black Lagoon and adding a, a layer of um, of commentary and, and thematic resonance to it that's just not in this movie. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Because this movie is just a really entertaining romp. Yeah. But that's why, like, that that's the closest we're ever going to get, I think. I mean, who knows? You know, after these next crop of Universal Monster movies, maybe they'll announce a new a new creature movie. Who knows? But that's the closest I think we, we're going to get for a while. And that's a great movie. So, yeah. But it's not it's not a movie that we could have substituted this one out for because it's a not enough like creature, and it's not a horror movie. So no, it's not even close. Hollow to Man, Hollow Man is like it was pushing it mm-hmm. when we haven't seen the film. Like when we said we'll just do Hollow Man, not having seen it before, it's like, well, maybe it's enough like it. But watching the film, you can say through and through, this is the Invisible Man, a hundred percent. You couldn't do without uh, without that IP. You it's just dialed say, up to 11. Yeah, you could even say how Invisible Man 2020 takes way more from Hollow Man than the original source material. Yeah. So, it, it's so ingrained in that universe. The Shape of Water isn't. There is no source material. It's just the idea of a fish man. If I want to put in Shape of Water, I might as well put in fucking Hellboy with Abe Sapien. <laughs> like, I ain't gonna say no to that. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, no, I, I agree. Because it's like that's that's basically it's like hey look this is what would happen if creature from the black lagoon was a love story yeah but it's not creature's no. not a love story so which is I mean it's fine I love Shape of Water I think it's a fucking amazing film and it deserves best picture but it's just it's not something that we can sub it out sub it out with and there's nothing else we could really sub it out with so, it, no. it's, so we had we to talk were about kind it of this one stuck with this yeah I mean hey. And oh, I wouldn't no. say stuck, we were with stuck it. watching a good movie. Yeah, oh, I wouldn't boy. say stuck with it like, oh man, I gotta watch this movie I watch every year. Holy shit. Like, yeah, yeah, I love watching this movie, but there is a million other options. Even with the mummy, we could we probably could have found other options, but you know, that film already gets talked about talked about so little in the first place, might as well talk about that one. Yeah. So I think the whole point of doing, you know, these podcasts for these films we picked is that do the ones that not everyone's going to talk about, but try to find some new things of intrigue. Apparently talk some shit. <laughs> but with Creature, it's fun. I don't want to talk shit. There's only so much I can say when it comes to like the differences of this versus other films, but the real thing I love about it is that it is passionate. It's a film that came out in the 50s where, as you said, the 50s were flooded with B-movies. Everything felt like just trying to fucking make a quick buck and have some fun. And this movie is fun. There's heart to it, there's meaning to it, of course, but it just feels like you're going on an adventure, but you have to look at every corner. And that's what I love about it. There's I nothing agree. wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having a movie that can scare you, but excite you, and at the same time take you on a joyride. That's a great way of putting it. It's a 50s roller coaster. Yeah, it's a blast. It's just, it's really fun to watch. I, I thought I remember, I remember talking. Like, we left work um, yesterday. I was like, "Man, isn't Creature like an hour and a half? Isn't it like the longest one?" No, it's not. It's only an hour eighteen minutes. Some See? of those, uh, so some of those sequels are, are longer. Now we're talking about like the singular, 
standalone movies, but in the yeah. Universal Horror franchise, there's a lot of sequels, and some of them are they're so long. At least they feel it. Like the House of Frankenstein, House of Dracula, those movies feel like they take fucking forever. I still haven't seen like the Abbott and Costello ones. Everyone's so. favorite is Costello meets the Invisible Man. That's a great one. I have that one. I'm pretty sure Vincent Price plays the Invisible Man in that too. Isn't he? Isn't he the Invisible Man in um, Invisible Man Returns? Returns? Yeah, I'm looking forward to watch that. Way one. before his like career blew off too. Yeah, that's still like, like 40, 41 to forty five in that period. Yeah, and he blew up in the fifties. Yes. So, yeah, like the fly and fucking. This movie has two Off sequels also, too. Um, there's oh, yeah, of, that's right. Revenge of Creature and Creature Walks Among Us. Yeah, Revenge of the Creature with Clint Eastwood in one scene or whatever. It, it fucking sucks, man. I heard it's bad. I, I watched really it. Bad. I haven't seen Among Us yet. I have it, but I watched Rever- Revenge of Creature and oh my god, dude. Fuck that movie. It is such a pain to get through. Maybe that's the real reason there's no other creature films. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I haven't really heard much about the third one. So yeah. either it's it's bad, no one saw it, or it's nothing to write home about. That movie is fucking. That felt like eight hours to get through. These films are like approximately sixty to seventy, max eighty minutes, and the Mummy feels like it just takes you in a fucking Walt Disney ride where it says, hey, can you wait here for 40 minutes? Oh, wait, no, it's an hour and 40 minutes. The, oh, the ride? No, that's still two minutes. So, like, you'll have two minutes of fun, but, like, it's an hour and 40 of waiting. That's what The Mummy feels like. Why don't like, that's why I don't like amusement parks. This is the opposite. This movie is, like, you go on a roller coaster, you're, like, waiting in line, and you're like, oh, I know this line's supposed to be, like, 40 minutes long, and, and you get in there, like, Fuck, there's no one here. This oh, it's like, like very... 10 minutes of, of shit? Okay, cool, I'll go through it. Oh, this roller coaster is like 10 times longer than most roller coasters. I'm having a great time. And you get off, you're like, I'm gonna go again. Yeah, I mean, this, to me, this, I mean, like, still my favorite is uh, Wolfman, but yeah. this movie is just very consistently good. Yeah, and that's why it's like, it's tough to talk about not for the fact that it's like, oh, what am I gonna say? It's just like, the movie is an experience that, as you jump into it, the, the beginning is a bit exposition-heavy. Most of the first 15 to 20 minutes is just talking about what they're going to do, and then they go do it, and then they're, they're just seeing things happen. But there's still flash bits of, like, the creature kills somebody in the first 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's a random person just in the Amazon who we don't know or care about. He kills all of them, but still... He's fucking... He's going to Claw City, dude. He's just fucking slashing them all up. So, we don't know their names, but we fucking see their bodies. After you get through some of that exposition, you know, you're intrigued. And having a character who's already an antagonist, which is Mark, is nice because the tension between him and David also intrigues you. So when you're not focused on the creature, you're still focused on what they're going to do together. And all the characters talk about it, so it's like, oh, is there going to be a big blow-up? So if it does happen, you're like, shit, I got something else to look forward to in the movie. Yeah, when it, and when it does, they just fucking throw hands. <laughs> yeah, which, <It's> fucking, which <laughs> is one, so weird in a universal wow! horror film. It is fucking absolutely wail on each other. I remember, like... I was it's it's funny, it's just two punches. Like, one, yeah, I just love the fact that 
Mark hits him and David David doesn't even like he doesn't Doesn't even even think about it. He's not even like oh "Oh, I'm in pain. He's more like a that motherfucker hit me. I'm (laughs) gonna serve him back tenfold. And then Mark gets hit and Mark's like Ooh, that fucking really hurt. (laughs) He's looking at him like that really why you that hurt, bro. No, no, he straight up like when when uh, when Dave gets up to punch Mark, he straight up fucking super punches him in the jaw and knocks him the fuck out. Practically, just got one hit down for the count. It's like, damn, this is bro. So funny. It's it's way funny with the fact the guy who got his face clawed up is in the background because like <laughs> if you look at him, he's like, his face is just fucking wrapped up. So he he's just like. And he's just fucking giving heavy eyes, like, what the fuck's going on, man? Oh, shit, they're throwing hands? And he's, he's like, stuck in the, the... She's like, don't fucking... No, don't fall on please me. It's shit. Please don't hit me. Please don't hit me. Please don't yeah. hit me. That poor guy. Really funny. That scenes are really funny. Just fucking absolute fucking just... But that's the thing. Like, even when the creature's not on screen, you're always constantly invested in something. So you never feel like you're bored. You always feel like you have something to pay attention to, even if it's not the main plot. That's the best part about having Mark in the movie is because it, it adds it, it continues a, a, a momentum of trying to win out over someone who's technically an antagonist, despite the fact that the creature himself is not on screen. That's a formula they definitely perfected with Creature too, because they try to have those subplots in almost all of the original solo outing films for Universal Horror, and you don't fucking care about the subplots. Even yep. in Frankenstein, there's another guy who loves Elizabeth, who's in the movie the entire time. I don't fucking care about him. The subplot is so little, and like with Mark's plot, it's half the movie, maybe a little less. <clears throat> but with that guy, it's like ten minutes of a seventy-minute movie, so you don't care. But at the same time, like if you got him, writ- like if he was out of the movie, I wouldn't give a fuck. Yeah, if you took it, Mark it really out, I'd be like, well, this movie just wouldn't be good. Yeah, I agree. Same problem in Dracula. Like, I like I like Van Helsing, but the main lead in Dracula, he's not that interesting. I agree. Same thing with, um... Obviously, the mummy the lead sucks. It, it just... He's, he's the absolute shit. Fucking you know? Jerry, bro. I'd have more fun talking to a fucking bucket full of shit. But fucking whatever. Jerry. It's Jerry, bro. Yeah. Fucking Jerry. But he's Cunt. terrible. What what's another one that has like another fucking there's another one that has like a like a love triangle and I'm like, I don't fucking care about your love triangle, dude. I think Werewolf of London has a love triangle. I don't Invisible Man doesn't have a love triangle. Wolfman doesn't. Not really. No. They're they do have too much scenes of the friend's mother giving Larry shit and stuff and she's in the movie a bit more than I would like but it's a small small subplot it's just the small subplots in the early horror films they amount to nothing they don't add any dimension to the character the only things you get are like small scenes of like maybe the lead where it looks better like Larry looks better when he tells that woman to fuck off but it's really not enough to be in the films a lot of the time but with creatures they said Instead of it just being a subplot, make it prominent, and they really perfected it. So yeah, I, I really appreciate them going for it. Yeah, this movie wouldn't be the same without Mark. No, it wouldn't. I, I genuinely think it'd be a bad movie. 
even with how cool the creature looks, it would just be a design most of the time if Mark was just another boring character. If Mark was just another guy that liked Kay, but him and fucking David were just talking and friends, like, it probably wouldn't be terrible, but it wouldn't be as much fun. Yeah, because it has a lot more um, of a dynamic flair to most scenes because, yeah, he's after, like, the creature's the bad guy, but Mark is doing things that's putting him in a situation where it's like he's at odds with Dave, and they're fighting and... Uh, you know, at odds when a creature circling around them, picking people off and attacking people. It's like that's a bad combination to have because you're not focusing on the thing that's going to murder both of you. So, I also like to think in many ways they're both right. David doesn't want to kill the creature. He doesn't want to disturb it. He just wants to prove that this expedition was worthwhile and learn more about the unknowns in, in marine biology. But at the same time, maybe if he did try to kill it, less people would be fucking dead. Maybe yeah, if he focused also, on killing it, they they would be fucking. It wouldn't be a problem. Yeah, and also, the, the, like, uh, Mark is bringing up a good point because it's like, yes, science is important, and the discovery is important. But he, you know, there's investors who fund expeditions like this, and they expect. Yeah. It to be worth something and he has to answer those people. Dave doesn't. Yes. So it's not like Mark isn't is a uh He's not a asshole without any reason to him. Yeah, you can understand where he's coming from while also saying don't do it like that. Yeah. And it really picks off by saying when they have that confrontation with the captain and Mark, that's the point where you realize, okay, he's really going too far and he has to be stopped. But when you think about it, you can say reasonably he's not wrong. In yeah. many ways, maybe if Mark's path would have caused less death and less destruction, but at the same time, a lot of things get instigated, like Mark shooting the harpoon and the creature in the very beginning. Maybe the creature wouldn't have circled after them and tried to kill them if he didn't harpoon it. Yeah. So there's, he, a, there's he, a lot of he provoked good subtext. A, a lot yeah, of saying, he, like, hey... Maybe this is why. Maybe this is why. Who fucking knows? I mean, I guess the theme of this movie is is uh, humanity consistently disturbing nature. Yes. In the search of science and knowledge to the point of damaging an ecosystem. Because at the end of the movie, the implication is possibly that the creature is dead. Possibly. It, that That's possibly. why I love the end, though. So... Yeah, because they don't say he's dead. So More so, if you're watching it for the first time, you would assume, well, he stopped swimming, he's dead. But they make it really prominent to say, hey, this is the shit that knocked him out earlier. And he definitely got sprayed with it, and they say it may take one to two hours, or who knows yeah. how long. So maybe he just gets knocked out when he's underwater. You really don't know. Yeah, it's left open. It, really open. You, but, you know, if they didn't have that scene, you could just say... We stopped swimming, the motherfucker's dead, but yeah. really, he could just be knocked out. He could just be knocked out, but I think I think it wouldn't be unreasonable to assume that yes. the creature's supposed to be dead. Yeah. I mean, there's two sequels, so he's not, but yeah. the uh, if, if you just took it on its own and said, hey, the creature's dead, these two scientists came into an ecosystem they didn't know and destroyed it destroyed the head predator of the ecosystem that's really bad like 
And that's something that we we still see stuff like that, like the ramifications of things like that in in, in nature today. So it, it does definitely have a kind of a cautionary tale in that regards. Like yes. it's it's also like don't start nothing, it won't be nothing. Yeah, <laughs> they just started shit with this fucking creature. They shot it with a harpoon. When... Uh, they also make it very well known that everything in the Amazon is just strictly lethal. Yeah, I mean, it also, like, also, like, they didn't go after the creature, like the people at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah, still killed them. So, yeah, still a predator. Yeah, hundred percent. Just so. like if it was a giant snake, they would have fucking tried to kill that too. Yep. So, so there's just so much to really enjoy about the nuance to this film when you really think about it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just... It's a movie that can be enjoyed from a pure entertainment standpoint. While also, there, there's enough to, to glean from it, like the rest of the, the Universal Monsters. This uh, one has more of a modernized context, though, that I still think is way more relevant. Yeah. Which it's I really also, enjoy from it. I was going to say, it's, it's one of the only ones that's not a period piece, but I think there's... I don't think Invisible Man's a period piece. No, I don't think so either. I don't Wolfman think Wolfman is, a... is intentionally a period piece either. They, I know they don't show cars, and they have like horse and buggies. Okay, maybe it's just better left unsaid type of. Yeah, they kind of don't really. It's kind of like in, like in the. Uh, oh no, they actually say it in the remake, but and and yeah. showcase for sure that it's it's a period piece. Well, it's obviously an appeared piece. It came out in 2010, but... I'm pretty sure Invisible Man... Well, they're driving cars in Invisible Man. No, I'm talking about Wolfman. No, I know. I'm just thinking about, like, if, if Invisible Man is a period piece. Yeah. I don't uh, I don't not, think it is. That's not... I know, obviously, the Frankenstein... Isn't. Frankenstein and, um... Dracula. Dracula are... Yeah, the, the Mummy's not period piece either. The Mummy's not, so... That Those whole motherfuckers point. are so in... Yeah, there's cars, so fucking glamour of 1930s yeah yeah so that whole point went nowhere <laughs> I was just like yeah it's like oh the only ones it's not a period piece it's it, it may not company with plenty I of ones that are I don't disagree period. though with the thought that like a lot of these characters have the idea of a period piece behind it like the mummy may not be a period piece though but like when they talk about it it's centered around ancient Egypt yeah. half of the film is a period piece technically because half of it is flashback Half of it is backstory, so maybe you could still have an argument for that. Invisible yeah. Man's the only one that I could say really isn't much of a period piece, but it's not like the period really plays in into like the storytelling in general. Yeah, I agree. But it's all, it's also like unlike those like those other ones are really like old fashioned style mm-hmm. movies. I I, I want to stray away from the word antiquated because that makes it sound like it's bad, but yeah. Like it's a very very quaint version of of, of these movies, whereas this one I would almost definitely feels like they really antiquated. I don't know. That comes down to context of how you view words, because antiquated I think of like antique, and some people enjoy antiques. So when I think of antiquated, I think of people being like, "Man, this is an antiquated piece of technology. Like this is it's holding people back." Blah blah blah. See, when so. I hear quaint, I think of some dipshit asshole who's like saying, "Like, oh, what a quaint little town." It's like I live here, dipshit. What the fuck? Like, yeah. I've never heard someone say, "Oh, how quaint," and not be a fucking douchebag. Like, condescending about it, yeah. Yeah, super condescending. Yeah, no, I get that, but it's <laughs> it's more of an old timey style of filmmaking, whereas this one really embraces. Um, modern sensibilities as far as how the movie's made and the way the characters are acting and you know 
And I would say it's an, it's funny too. Like, if you were gonna do a new film for Creature, I would say you should make it have a, a period piece. You should make it like a, a a pulp fiction like type fucking like. Oh, we're going on an adventure. This yeah, monster's a motherfucking badass. He just beat the shit out of me. <laughs> if you made if you made it modern, it would be really weird. I, I think mean, if you did it as like a like a fucking like a pulp serial, would be really cool. That's kind of funny because we were talking about um, Shape of Water. Shape of Water is a fucking period piece too. Yeah, so it takes place very like very 50, different contextually, but yeah, I think it takes place in like fifty sixties. So yeah, it, it, it itself that is the, not a pulp the, serial though. <laughs> no, no, no. Of course, yeah. I'm just saying like the way the even, movie does even that, then, I think is the is... the version of the you know the the creature remake is also a period piece because yeah. it's like again if you really took that and put that in modern times it doesn't work as well yeah i think this the monster is such a perfect example of like a 50s monster that if you wanted to bring back and want to do a period piece it'd be really cool like if yeah. they were going to do that universal horror universe and they wanted to do creature i think having a kind of not not entirely like the Brendan Fraser mummy films but that type of like atmosphere where you have a lead who's like very much in like a pulp serial type of classic go-getter and then you just have this son of a bitch just swing him down a lot of the times I think yeah, that, I can, that could be really fun I can see them doing that um I think it'd be and, tough and to honestly, bring him back to horror I mean I, I think it, I just don't want whatever they're doing to become a universe so i would really no, like no, no. it i would really like it if they did that just because i mean you could technically just say hey we had this one one-off movie and if they're gonna make a, a monster squad or something some fucking dumbass movie i mean they could they could just say that he just survived that length of time like it's not that difficult no it's not i think that's what you, you should do honestly be easily easy to do that. I don't want them to do that, but they could. That's not a unbelievable. It's not a stretch. No, but I, you know, I agree. I, I'm still thinking about that though. Like you're, you're saying, like do like a pop adventure uh, adventure serial. I'm like that's that's just an ape sapien movie, and I'm here for it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I'm here for it. Well, but... I don't want him. I don't want him to be the lead character. But like, get get Doug Jones in there again. Oh, he would love he, to do he, it again. He he was uh, he was the the fishman in Shape of Water too. So why He's not? Just every it. fish man now. They have Guillermo del Toro directed. Fuck it, why not? That man is so skinny. How is how are his bones not brittle? I don't know, but I know he's an alien on uh, Star Trek. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's still he's still a guy who's just getting covered up in makeup. Yeah. And doing great shit. So. I think bringing that character like a pulp serial type of story would be fun if you're going to revitalize it. I don't think yeah. you could bring it back to horror with a lot of the other characters. Invisible Man, I think, is a very classic tale that you could tell horrifying stories from, especially from a how misogyny can impact, can impact other people. Abusive relationships, how that creates a psychological terror on yeah. someone. That's why, to me, that movie is a horror movie. It's just a very different kind of horror movie. It's yeah. a psychological really abusive that kind of that story can be told in a modern setting where I, yeah. I don't think creature really can be but you can utilize that i think you can use the creature in a modern setting but i don't think you should start Make the story a, modern you know because it, it feels it feels like a, a character that's very ingrained in a certain era yeah i think it would and, benefit by doing a, a type of period piece with that yeah you can do a modern day dracula if you wanted to you could, I I wouldn't, to. but you could. You definitely they could. have. 
Yeah, they have. I haven't watched it for a reason, but you Dracula could. Two, Dracula Two Thousand. But that's you, why. You that's, could. I mean, I'm sure there's more than that, but that's why I thought of. In the show. Well, the new Netflix show. I haven't watched it. It's so modern. Oh, is it, it is. Oh. But uh, yeah, no, I haven't watched that yet because it's fucking I like, like eight, eight ninety-minute movies. I like the vampires being Victorian age. I mean, I grew I grew up like my my biggest exposure. Exposure, yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. I don't know why I couldn't figure out that word. My childhood exposure to vampires was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So, like to me, modern vampires are that's normal to me. Yeah. Sa- same with stuff like Daybreakers. Well, that's actually near future, but modern vampires like i'm i'm used to that but i also like i don't care what era vampires are in it's fucking cool as so, long as like, the lost boys was cool. modern as long as the designs lost are boys, creative yeah like lost boys at the time was modern like if you have fucking like, characters like dracula, same with fright night like if dracula just looks like the fucking dude from lucifer i don't give a shit like i'm sorry i don't care that's that, fair that's so bland and boring like in lost boys even if they're set in the 80s they each character looks like a different variation in time of David Lee Roth. Like they yeah. they all look like very eccentric and fucking bright, Sick. vibrant men. Like <laughs> like they all look very like an audacious and boastful. If they and all they're, they're if they all just dressed cool. like fucking Corey Feldman, I'd be like, who the fuck made this movie? <laughs> but they don't. They're all fucking unique designs in their they're own all place. Sick. And when they transform, their designs become even crazier. But if you just say, like, yeah, you're going to look completely normal, just fucking fine, and when you transform, your eyes are red, I'm going to say, I'm sorry, is our budget three pennies? Why the fuck is yeah. that going to be our transformation? That's stupid. The one I immediately think of, like, like they're dressed up in, like, a certain, like, special way is uh, Fright Night Jerry. Like, he's dressed as a fucking guy in the, the 80s. The original or the remake? The original. I mean, yeah, and the remake, too. Well, but... the original, he does, but when he transforms, he becomes more like... Yeah, no, he becomes, like, fucking really scary, honestly. Yeah. It's kind of funny in that movie how, like, that movie's really kind of goofy and funny, and then, like, Jerry shows up and is like, ha, fuck you, I'm gonna give you nightmares. But at the same time, but... they make sure to accentuate by saying Jerry's coat is over overly long, kind of like it'd be yeah. a cape on, so... Even yeah. the costume design does play into the fact that if he was a modern vampire and it benefits. It's kind of funny how, how absolutely 90s that is, that concept, like the fucking long coats and stuff. Oh, well, the whole fucking long leather coats, man. They, it gives me a fucking aneurysm. Oh, man, that's 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 Angel's whole whole aesthetic from Buffy, man. He Dude. just wears fucking leather. I'd rather leather have trench a fucking coats. doctor bend me over and check me for prostate cancer than see another <laughs> fucking film with a goddamn leather coat on with Dracula. I swear to uh, God, man, it fucking, it just blows my mind how everyone's like, this is so cool and unique. I saw it in 25 films, like. And in several television shows. Like, Jesus fucking Christ, man, get a clue. No, black leather equals badass and scary. Yeah. Don't forget that. Just say you're a sub, I don't care. No one fucking gives a shit. It's 2021, who am I going to judge what you do in your downtime? Oh, uh, man. Yeah, but like, like getting back to the point like you can't do this the story modernly i mean i'm I'm, sure if you try hard enough you can try to find a way but i think the easiest and most fun way to tell the story is a pulp serial adventure film and have fun with it i just feel like 
And I don't conceptually. mean action, I mean adventure. No, I know, but I, I just know, I just feel like conceptually, this character is so ingrained in the 50s. Absolutely. In, in that whole, not so much Atomic Age, because this is not Atomic Age, but that uh, that whole, or not Atomic related, I should say, but that whole aesthetic of like monster movies, B movies, you know, things that we don't understand coming out of the depths of the earth. We don't worry about that shit nowadays. So like you have to find a new way to spin that if you wanted to make a modern version of that movie to make it resonate with people. I mean, like you can make, make a creature movie that is just, yeah, it's a creature, creature of the black lagoon stalking down people and killing people. You could do that. It could be good. It could be fun, but I, I feel like it won't be as memorable or as uh, impactful. You would you have to that. really hit on environmental issues in the film. It would have to be almost like a very political film about how the environment can fight back against like pollution and stuff like that. Oh man, we know how much the internet loves that. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. Like it. it well, people didn't like the Invisible Man for the same without, exact reason. Like it'd be so. tough to tell a story without having a message beaten over your head. And you yeah, could be like the hunt. It. You <laughs> could. Haunt. You could do it, but I don't really think it'd be the wisest choice. Yeah, it'd be very tough. Yeah. Actually, no, it wouldn't be like The Hunt. It would be like The New Black Christmas. I Hopefully better written than that. I, but. I can't I can't say I agree or disagree. I haven't seen it, and I don't plan on it, really. It's, ju- it's just... Men are bad. Yeah. And we already know well, that. Only men so. are bad, though. Let's be real. Yeah, I mean, we already know that. We don't need to be told. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I look in a mirror, and I spit a little sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I have a little bit of a dry heave when I look at myself yeah. in the mirror, but that's for completely separate I get a little reasons. bit of a dry heave, too. You know, I'm looking <laughs> kind of cute some days. No. can't say I feel the same about that one, but... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, 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 I love this movie so much. Um, when I started it, I was just in there like, I am so happy that we're watching this one. Like, I know we were talking about it way before we even got to this point. When we were, when we were starting this, this, uh, this series, we were talking about how, like, Fuck, why are we gonna do a creature, man? Like we both really like creature and it's yeah. just gonna be a, a two hour gush session. Not not gonna be two hours, but see, and I kinda that's I, I get a little guilty about it, because like I do love creature and I know a lot of these films are films I want to talk about and I always try to think of what's a film I could talk about, but like isn't something I super duper love because I don't want to just go on and on about being a fucking like fanboy bitch boy. But and that's why it's like, oh, I don't know what else to say, because like I hold back the fact I want to be like, dude, when he fucking, when he fucking tries to stab, he thinks it's the creature, it's Mark. Like, hey, calm down, bro. It's like, oh, you almost stab Mark. Like, no one's gonna want to be like, dude, just shut the fuck up, man. This movie's over sixty years old. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> but it's fucking cool. Okay. It's a. It, it's a. I don't give a fuck how old the movie is. It's fantastic. I don't give a shit. I will it's say just, it's so entertaining. One thing I really like about the underwater mask is there's no pupils in it, and I do prefer that version though. Yeah, that makes sense. I think the pupil version is nice and more iconic, but when he has just like a black vacant stare when he's underwater, it looks way fucking creepier. It's it's, it's scary. Yeah, I I'm I'm still just like really caught up on. It. I really noticed it last time watching. Just like watching the mannerisms in the suit how like fucking really good they are the whole like the again like the gills flapping and yeah. him like taking these big breaths where he goes <gasps> it's so particular it's really cool i really like again like in this era i can't think of very many movies i've seen from this era where they do this kind of a monster movie where it seems like they put that much thought into that kind of stuff like we saw the fly and i love the fly the fly is awesome but 
He just got a fucking fly mask on, man. He ain't doing shit. Yeah. There's there's nothing there's nothing crazy about that shit. I but, also I also love Yeah, they how work really hard on this one. Just the, when the suit comes out of water, it looks so wet. It looks so unique. Like it kind of glistens on screen and it makes it look so much better than just some fucking raggedy suit. Yeah. Cuz the suit's designed to go underwater. Most suits if you get wet, it's like Oh fuck! There goes another one, Jim. That's a waste of the goddamn budget. But this one is designed to be underwater, so they utilize it. And whenever it's on screen, just soaking wet, it looks like some fucking amphibian creature, and that looks fantastic. Yeah, I agree. It's really, it's really impressive what they managed to accomplish back then. It's fucking cool, dude. He's yeah. just fucking cool. It's a dope ass movie, man. I am really glad I watched this one last. Yeah, I feel like if I started out earlier with this, I would have had even worse, worse impressions of, of some some of the other ones when I first watched them. I couldn't imagine watching this before Dracula. Yeah, because the score is really prominent in it. The creature has his own um, his own theme, which is super nice. I, I wish I could own all the Universal horror films on um, vinyl, but if they ever did Creature, it'd be the first one I ordered. Because I just love the way it feels so bombastic and fun. But at the same time, when he pops in, it just feels like a fucking record screech and just changes the entire atmosphere. Yeah, I agree. It's 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 very iconic. I'm gonna, I'm, when we get merch, I'm going to put the word iconic on a t-shirt. I say iconic a lot. I can design it. I should be shot. I'm not holding that gun, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> There's nothing bad to say. I can't. I, I made my, my points earlier in the in the the video that oh they reused this idea three times in the first 25 minutes, and we talked about the reused shots, and that's really all I can bitch about, honestly. Yeah, the only shot that really bugged me is when they're supposed to be like on like a little deck with buoys, and it's supposed to shake because it's like oh it's on water. Oh yeah, <clears throat> it's not on water, man. You just kind of moved yeah. your backdrop a little bit, and it looks like shit, but. Yeah, that's that's kind of the, the thing back uh, then. It's they're also projection. in a car at one point. It's clearly green screened. But oh, in a boat. Oh on yeah, a boat. boat. It's they're in a boat. Yeah, with it, green it, screen. it, yeah. it's it's rear projection. That's the era, sadly. Like, I, yeah, not sadly. I like it. I, I find that shit charming. But yeah. yeah, no, I get it. They do that all the way through like the sixties. Yeah, it, so. it is what it is. I don't I don't fucking care. Like they do that shit all the time in the sixties Batman show, and I love that shit. They do it in Hitchcock all the time too, you know. Like yeah. uh, North by Northwest is a lot of rear projection and it's lit. Yeah, so, so it's not bad; it's just noticeable. Yeah, I don't know. I understand. Like people don't seem to make that difference. Like it's not bad; it's just fucking noticeable. Well, I always look at it this way: Was it great for the time? Yes, that's what matters. Yeah, because like you can look at anything from now. Like I can look at Jurassic Park and say the CGI looks fake now. It was revolutionary in 93 so it doesn't matter it was it's it's still great it's still impressive because that's what they had at the time hollow man some of it's a little too shiny but at the time that was insane yeah 100 what, what they accomplished so that's why when people say shit like oh you can see the zippers on it it's like cool here's Thanks, a pair man. of boxing gloves after i'm done fucking you up in this ring we can say my standpoint on who cares about the zippers is way more important than yours yeah, I, I, I just don't, I don't. The only time I get irritated with visual effects, some some just look bad even in the generation. Some exactly. amount to nothing. Like 
we make the whole argument about in Dracula, like, the backdrops aren't ever you like, involved. It might as well just be CG. It's like, sometimes when effects mean nothing or add nothing to a film, bitch about it. But don't just bitch about it. It's like, oh, it's old. You can see this or look at this now. It's like, like congratulations. Congratulations. Technology's gotten better. That's just going to happen. That's not their fault. Yeah. You can't, you can't ding a movie for that. Like, that's like if me, I that's bitched about ridiculous. every fucking shot in a 30s movie it's like oh every transition's a, a fucking fade away it's like yeah no shit it's like the only transition in films besides a cut like a, a quick cut and then they had they, like oh you can bitch about um how hard they cut from a wide shot to a close-up back to a wide shot she's like that's just how they cut the coverage back then yeah like yeah sure you can poke at it and say yeah that's that's probably not the greatest way to do it but it is what it is that's how it was yeah People they do that like, in some of the greatest movies ever made. They do that shit in Cla- Casablanca. Like, the, it is what it is. Yeah. Just get over it. People just want to complain. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing, though. It's like, I always talk to people and be like, yeah, man, I love this old, insert old movie, whatever you want to talk about. I love The Wolfman. It's like, ah, oh, it's so old. It's in black and white. It's fucking got, the makeup looks so goofy. It's just like, shut the fuck up. Just watch the fucking movie and shut your fucking mouth. Just like... <laughs> Stop. It's such a stupid thing to bitch about. It's just a good congratulations. The movie aged. Your dumbass, ugly ass face is gonna age too. And guess what? We're all gonna hate it then too. So just move on. I'm not. <laughs> well, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> I'll have Alzheimer's so if it does, I'll forget it. <laughs> Alright, dude. Final thoughts. Final thoughts are that The Creature from the Black Lagoon is one of the best Universal Monster movies. It's horror royalty. It's an entertaining adventure film, and one that I think that everybody should watch at least once in their life, but I know that, that after that one time, you're going to watch it repeatedly because it's good. So, Creature from the Black Lagoon is a very passionate film to me and very personal. I've had a lot of instances in my life that have been centered around this film, I've had a lot of gateways open up because of this film. I've learned a lot of things and become a lot more passionate about certain subjects because of my involvement with it. So for that, it's always going to have a special spot in my heart. But I think even taking myself out of it and removing a lot of the bias because I can't get rid of all of it, you can get a lot from this film. You can understand a lot of films from its decade. You can understand a lot of Universal's evolution throughout the years from it. And you can just have a lot of fun and excitement as you get your as you get your way through it and say, hey, there's a lot of substance, there's a lot of heart, and there's a lot of joy. And I think that's something a lot of viewers not only should seek out, but also try their best to get other people into it. And that's kind of all I have to say about it. If I had to give it a rating, a rating I'd give it fucking five dead fish claws out of five. I agree. I agree. Right. Exact rating. Exact same rating. Yeah. So, thank you again for joining us. I said before at the very beginning, we're going to talk about the next film we're doing. We finish off our marathon of monsters in the final sure it's film not to a talk marathon. about it. I'm sure it's not a surprise. It's going to be Monster Squad. Fuck yeah. So I have I'm, not seen this movie. It's been a long time. I, I've never seen it. I've had a long quest to get that film and I'll talk about it in the episode but all anybody ever told me all anybody ever told me about Monster Squad is it's the Goonies with the Universal Monsters and I'm like that sounds fucking fun let's go 
And I can't so, wait for next week to talk about it some more. All right? Fuck you. Yeah. Have fun, get ready, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.